dedicated to providing the finest personalized health care. We're Oroville Hospital. Here's another edition of our podcast, Growing Healthy Together. It has been shown that when parents spend time talking, reading, and singing to young children, it can help the child with early learning and development. You know, it's also a wonderful way to strengthen the parent-child bond. My guests today are Dr. Maria Alice Alino and Dr. Eric Neal, and they're both pediatricians with Oroville Hospital. Welcome to the show, doctors. Tell us a little bit, Dr. Alino, I'd like to start with you. Why are health providers placing an emphasis on talking, reading, and singing with young children, even children kind of too young to know what's going on? Well, um, research have shown that providing children, especially from birth to five years old, when the brain is rapidly developing, um, with a loving, consistent language-rich experiences, such as reading, talking, and and singing have important benefits on their brain development and future success in school. Uh, brains develop most rapidly in the first few years of life when 700 to 1,000 neural connections form every second. So if we harness this potential, we will have children who will not only be ready for school, but will have a good shot in getting the most from their education and helping them to be successful. Um, these studies also have shown that children with high-quality early education are most likely to have higher lifetime earnings, finish school, stay out of prison, hold a job, and have a stable family. In fact, a study done by the Council of Economic Advisors showed that every $1 invested in early education can save more than $8 in the future by increasing graduation rates and earnings and reducing violent crimes. And another research has shown that 35% of children in the U.S. enter school without the necessary skills to read. So, and they found out that there's a nearly 90% probability that a child will remain a poor reader at the end of the fourth grade if the child is a poor reader at the end of the first grade. And this has long-term effects because it has been estimated by the U.S. Office of Technology that 25% of the adult workforce does not even read well enough to meet the requirements of today's workforce. And so that is the reason why we're trying to do this early intervention. Wow, that is amazing research, what these studies have shown. And Dr. Neal, is this important for infants or also older children? Does there come a point when, because we've all learned as parents, you know, now it's time to let your child read for themselves. Is it still important to read to our children, even when they can sort of start to read for themselves. Um, yeah, I mean, when they're for the younger children, um, that's when their their brains developing, and so even when they can't understand exactly what you're saying, they understand your voice. So it helps develop these connections for kind of the future. They also will have they understand your voice. It helps for bonding time to sit and, and read with your child. Um, rather than putting them in front of a TV and watching someone else kind of talk to them. So it, it's important for the for probably the younger children even more than the older children because they're learning language skills and learning and developing those kinds of skills. Dr. Neal, I'm going to stick with you for a minute. What about technology? I mean, some parents feel weird singing to their children or getting a little, you know, wacky when they're talking or singing. But now with technology, has this changed the picture in your opinion? For the better or the worse, are, if we're reading to them on an iPad, is that any different than holding a little book? An iPad, I don't think it's, it's like an iPad or a Kindle. I don't think it's as 
big of a problem as sitting in front of a TV or watching a video, something something to that effect. Um, I, for me, I guess it's just what I'm used to, but just kind of, I think, old school books, especially for the younger kids, maybe something for them to be able to hold and turn the pages and stuff will be more helpful. But either way, if you're reading to your child, it's better to read, whether you're doing it with a, with a Kindle or an iPad or a book. But I think overall, for especially younger kids, I think having a, a kind of a paper cardboard book is more helpful. Overall technology, we're in the, in the iPad, iPhone generation and kids are growing up um, not only watching TV, but texting and, and um, strolling Facebook and, and social media and different things. And they're, they're taking their time doing those kinds of things. And it takes away sometimes from, from the reading that parents can do with the kids and learning how to read. Um, there's actually been studies that have showed that screen time can actually decrease your, your reading potential and your learning, um, even if you're doing kind of these educational apps, um, especially in the younger kids, kind of the six months to, to three or four years, it's more beneficial to read to them than to use the screen time. Can I add something else? Certainly, Dr. Alino. And what would you like to add? Actually, there's more negative outcome for television viewing. It's just because it's more passive. You know, they're just looking at it. And uh, one of the net negative outcomes is actually obesity because it's such a passive endeavor. But uh, on the digital media, such as like iPads and smartphones, there are both benefits and negative outcomes. Um, the benefits is, of course, there's exposure to, there's early learning, exposure to new ideas. They could surf the internet if they would like to. It's interactive. However, they found that the negative, uh, there's a lot of negative effects also because people, the children are spending more time looking at those the digital, uh, the smartphones and iPads. So one of the things is they notice that there's decreased sleep and then also, and then decreased sleep, decreased um, activity, causing them to be over, overweight. And of course, there's also exposure to inappropriate content. Another thing, of course, is the lack of bonding that happens because this digital media becomes a surrogate babysitter or a parent in some families. So that's the negative outcome. Dr. Alino, what are some activity recommendations that you would give parents to encourage talking, reading, singing, just really communicating with your children, even when they're tiny, so that they can hear your voice and get involved? I think we should think that every opportunity is a teaching opportunity. So talking is teaching. So for example, you're just bathing the child, talk to the child, Saying to the child, and also when you see that they're looking at even the screen, because I know we, we are toy strict with screen time. If you think they're looking at the screen, then be there beside them, explain to them what's happening. If they see Donald Duck, Mickey Mouse, or Winnie the Pooh, be there present and you could explain to them. And then every, everywhere you go, talk or sing about what you see. So you have to be the, the child's first teacher. Don't wait for Head Start or Kindergarten to start those. And read a book to the baby every day, um, more than every day, if you could do that. And of course, put, uh, re- doing reading in a, in a loving environment, like hugging, laughing, and sharing close moments, when you're doing those things, makes it more meaningful. And it becomes a positive rather than a negative um, communication or an event with you and your child. 
Well, it certainly does, and it is fun for parents to read and sing and talk to our children. And Dr. Neal, tell us what you're doing in your practice to help foster these learning environments for parents and for their children. Um, well, prevention is kind of the, the key to, to pediatrics, trying to prevent prevent kids from having diseases. So we do immunizations, um, and we kind of screen kid children for development, uh, making sure that they're, they're hearing well, they're seeing well. Um, and also part of that is making sure that their their language is good, that their that their language is developing um, well. Um, we have a um, program called Reach Out and Read um, that we've partnered with for the past year. So we started a couple of years ago. It took us some time to get set up. But for the past year, um, they provide us with books that's through First Five California. Um, and they provide us with a book to give to a child from six months to five years. So each time they come in for a um, for a physical or a well child check, children from six months to five years um, receive a book. And then it's also a time to kind of encourage the parents to read to their children every day. Um, if children are having speech delay, kind of encouraging them to to read to them and explaining that that speech delay is can be related to increased screen time. So trying to encourage them to decrease their screen time and increase reading as you're giving them their book. Dr. Alino, why have you decided to make talking, reading, and singing a core focus in your practice? Tell us, wrap it up for the listeners, of why you think that this is so important and that it can really help strengthen that parent-child bond. Um, I am actually going to give two quotes for you because you know how there's always studies have like discrepancy that whether you're high income, low income, race, education of the parents. And there is a, a um, something from the, it's called the Too Small to Fail program. It stated that there is evidence to suggest that knowledge about child development, the knowledge of the patient, parent about child development, rather than income or education level, is the strongest predictor of the frequency and quality of mother's communication with her child. So, if all the parents and caregivers realize how much their children can benefit from talking, reading, and singing to them every day, it will make a huge difference in the child's life. And another quote is from President Obama. He said, early education is a win for everybody, and indeed it is. Dr. Neal, last word to you. What would you like the listeners to take away from this message? The biggest thing is just with, like I said before, kind of the, the increasing technology that we have available to us today is that it's not always beneficial and, and often it doesn't help with your reading. It, it, uh, it causes more problems and more delays. So the, the biggest thing is just spending time with your children, especially in the younger ages when they're learning to read, when they're learning things. Um, as children are, are growing up in the first five years, that's when they become, they develop their, their speech. And that's why it's easier for children to learn how to speak a language or learn how to speak two languages than it is for an adult to learn Spanish or Italian when they're 30 years old. Um, so, th- so it's just really key for them developing their speech in the first five years or so, um, and reading and singing to your children is probably the best way to develop that with them. Thank you so much, doctors, for joining me today and for giving us such great information on the importance of talking, reading, and singing to our children and how this can really help them to be better learners. Thank you again for joining us. You're listening to Growing Healthy Together, a podcast by Oroville Hospital. For more information, please visit OrovilleHospital.com. That's OrovilleHospital.com. I'm Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for tuning in.